This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Science Fictionary Podcast. I'm your host, David, and joining me today, as always, is Andrew. What's going on? And Marisha. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is the news part of the show, and uh, since I went through the internet and s- gathered up all the news that I could, that's why I'm going to host this one and just spit some news at you guys and see what you guys have to say about it. Awesome. So this week we had a ton of superhero news. So it's going to be a very superhero mm-hmm. news-centric show. A lot of things we do is, is, is superhero. I've been thinking about that. Like, when's the last time we talked about science fiction? Yeah. <laughs> on the Science Fictionary podcast. Yeah, it's it's been a while. Uh, I mean, we do we do a lot of science fiction, but I mean, we've kind of been yeah. on some other things lately. You know, we're doing the, the Pillars of Adventure currently, and um, so not a, not a ton of sci-fi in the lineup here lately. No, but as we've discussed before, especially when we're doing our Pillars of Sci-Fi list, um, superhero stuff is, is mostly just science fiction anyway. True. Um, and the science fiction area is just a platform for us to do all sorts of stuff we like. But uh, anyway, all this news. So I'm going to go in order of when the news was released. Sweet. So at the beginning of the week, there was a lot of rumors going around that Jennifer Lawrence has been cast as Sue Storm in the upcoming Fantastic Four movie. Of course, these are just rumors. I couldn't even find the original source. I just found a bunch of websites talking about it, but then I, I, I could never really find who originally reported it. It's just a rumor. But what do you guys think about Jennifer Lawrence potentially showing up as Sue Storm in the Fantastic Four movie? You know, the thing is, is I am a Jennifer Lawrence fan. I've liked a number of things she's been in. I do have a little bit, I, I would honestly, I, I tend to think this is probably rumor based on the fact the, how badly she phoned it in there towards the end with Mystique. <laughs> yeah. And it was bad, like real stuff. bad, like some of the worst performances in any Marvel movie, whether it be <laughs> Fox or otherwise. Uh, it was bad. And... And it was because she had made it very clear that she didn't want to play that character anymore, but was contractually obligated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's I, really funny watching. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's all right. Go ahead. It's really funny watching uh, how every movie she has less and less makeup on, even when she's forced to be Mystique. Like she mm-hmm. likes just being herself, right? Mm-hmm. No makeup. And then whenever she is Mystique, by, by Dark Phoenix, she like. It's just painted blue and then has a couple little scales on her forehead. Like, it's absolutely hilarious to me. Yeah. And you can tell, you're right, you can tell how much she just didn't give a crap. I, I wouldn't think that people would be lining up to sign her for another franchise. That's the thing. Or, that like, she or, would or be, why would she be lining up right. to sign up for another franchise? Yeah. Granted, she would stand to make a lot more money 
with a Marvel fran- you know, with an MCU franchise than probably with Fox. But I don't know. I mean, I think she could play it just fine. She's certainly not my first choice and maybe not even in my top five. But she's, as yeah. an actress, she's completely capable of playing the role. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think she's a great actress. And even in the first, even in first class, when she first appeared as Mystique, I thought she did a great job there. I'm a big fan of Jennifer Lawrence. I like most things that she's been in. Um, I think she's a great actress. She's not even somebody I had that had crossed my mind to mm-hmm. play this role, though. Of course, we all know what we really want is Emily Blunt as Sue Storm alongside right. John Krasinski as Reed Richards. But, yeah. you know, maybe that's a little too much to hope for. We might get a different Sue Storm. We might not even get John Krasinski, Reed Richards. Uh, who knows? But, I mean, I saw some fan art of her as Sue Storm, and I started thinking about it, and I wouldn't be upset if that was the case. And now I'm thinking about it. I wouldn't be upset if she showed up in the MCU in some other capacity. Uh, I yeah. think she's a great actress. She'd be a great addition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my whole thing is like, if you're surely, if they're, when they launch the fantastic four, there's, they're mm-hmm. not doing that without intentions of these characters being heavily involved in the MCU for probably the next 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And, because of that reason, professionally, she seems like an odd choice. Yeah, you're right, because of how much it was obvious. she. I mean, she did Hunger Games, and then she did X-Men. So, like, pretty much her whole... Most of her career has been wrapped up in these franchises where, as it went on, you could see her slowly caring less and less. So I don't see, her, I don't see why she would want to do it. Um, I can't imagine she'd want to get into something like that again, like you already said. Mm-hmm. I think some Marisha. actors thrive on variety a little more. Like some some actors really seem to enjoy kind of getting into one character and really delving in. And I think some actors, you know, just prefer to have something new, just a, a new and different challenge. And she seems to be one of those. She seems to, you know, pull out better performances mm-hmm. for one-off things or the first installment in a franchise you know yeah i agree but i I still i mean i'd like her in the mcu i think she's a good actress but i think you're right um do we have any other thoughts on i mean this is just a rumor Mm -hmm. so there's nothing really substantial to talk about um and i heard it talked about for a day and then it went away which usually Mm -hmm. means that it's not something to, to really consider mm-hmm. right um, though it could mean that she's in talks to play something and they're kind of just reaching with sue storm um right i, I mean i could certainly ever- see her popping up in something and and if she doesn't want to be tied to a franchise forever there are roles in the mcu for those people as well i mean mm-hmm. we've brought in a lot of big names and killed them off pretty quickly yep uh you know in a film or two so you know now that I'm thinking about it, Sue Storm might actually be the perfect character for her to play because her power is going invisible. She wouldn't even have to be on set. <laughs> time. It's true. She could literally just not be there. Uh-huh. But no, I mean, as far as other thoughts on it, I really don't have any other thoughts on it. I, I think she can do it. I'm still skeptical for other reasons that she has been cast in that role. Mm-hmm. 
I agree. I'm still holding out for Emily Blunt. Mm, you and um, everybody else. Everybody else. I know. I know. Um, moving on, uh, a little bit of DC news here. We are getting officially, which officially from DC doesn't mean much nowadays because they've officially announced a million projects that are never going to happen. There was officially a Cyborg movie. There was officially a Green Lantern movie coming. I still don't even know if that Flash, that official Flash movie is coming. Like I'll see Mm -hmm. it when I believe. I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. But officially, we got a Blue Beetle movie uh, starring the Jamie Reyes Blue Beetle um, coming at DC. No word on if it's in the DC EU or what that even means now. Um, (laughs) Right. All we got is, is is there's a director attached, and we're getting a Blue Beetle movie mm-hmm. at DC, which, uh, interest, interestingly, if this movie gets made, it'd be the first Latino-led superhero film. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys know about the Blue Beetle? I know literally nothing except that I looked it up, uh, like, back, I don't even know, it looks like back around 2015, there was kind of some rumors of a Blue Beetle Booster Gold movie starring Alan Tudyk as Blue Beetle and Nathan mm-hmm. Fillion as Booster Gold. Um, and so I kind of looked that into the characters back then, but I, I, I don't, they're not characters I really know anything about. Yeah. Um, now, if this was a Blue Beetle and Booster Gold movie they got in, I'd be a lot more ecstatic about this because Booster Gold is one of my favorite bad superheroes of all time. Um, he'd be a perfect character for Nathan Fillion to play. That would be amazing. Uh, but seems it's just a Blue Beetle movie. Though if we do find out later that <clears throat> Booster Gold's going to be in it, we will be talking about this a lot more in the show. Um, so yeah, these characters are pretty obscure, which is another reason that I, I wanted to talk about it on the show because it's so weird like that that's what they're doing you know like yes marvel's making like a shang chi movie but it it, they they waited like 15 years or whatever before they started doing that um or 10 years before they did that and nothing against these smaller characters but it's just a weird decision to make when at this point like the dceu is is but like we just said, we don't even know what they're doing. Are they trying to get on their feet? They're trying to build a universe. We don't even really know. It's kind of just a weird decision. Yeah, I mean, I really um, feel like at this when- point that DC has completely given up on a cohesive universe, which is fine. Um, you'll get some good right. movies. You'll get some bad. You're not going to get a lot of interconnectivity, which some people are going to love. Uh, you know, some people consider the MCU to be, you know, overbloated. Because there's so much info to have to keep up with. Now, me, on the other hand, I love continuous canon. So the MCU is literally like, you know, my favorite thing. Because there's there's so much lore just within the MCU. But I just I don't think DC has any interest in a uh, in a, a a single building a single universe. I really don't. I think they've given up on that. I think you're right. And so I think that they're just trying to make a fun, a movie. I mean, maybe this is a good sign then that there was a director and a writer who came forward with an idea 
and DC is going to green light it because they're not worried about making that yeah. sort of interconnected universe. And then we get a fun movie out of it. I mean, I'm not angry they're making a Blue Beetle movie. I think he's fine. I think he's a fine character. Um, I never really was in. I don't think I've read a single Blue Beetle comic book. I just know about him because I know things. Um, I could see this being sort of like a they're trying to make their Spider-Man situation. Uh, Blue Beetle at least the version that we're getting here he's a teenage character who has a a, a bug based uh, theme and um you know kind of deals with like the everyday teenager problems mm-hmm. it's it, it, he's been called dc spider-man a couple times many okay. times because of those reasons and i could see them going for that kind of tone which i would really like uh just keep Zack snyder away from it as far as possible please yeah, please <laughs> please everyone I don't want to see Blue Beetle shooting people in the face or something like that. Or I don't know. I was about to say something really bad that I can't say on the show, but that's something that Zack Snyder said <laughs> uh, that he would totally be fine with happening to Batman in prison. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of Zack Snyder, <laughs> since we're talking about DC, uh, um, I'm sorry, actually, Marisha, you have any thoughts on Blue Beetle? Not a one, so you can carry on. <laughs> Not, yeah. That's why I, I didn't think you did. That's why I was just going, but um, I wanted to, you know, got a courtesy. Yeah, courtesy. Thank you. Ask. Thank you. Uh, we've gotten a lot of images lately from Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is right around the corner. Uh, a couple Joker images that um, we talked about on a previous episode, but we got some more. And honestly, I just want to use this as an excuse for us to talk more about how much we aren't excited for this movie. We got a Joker <laughs> image of him wearing the crown of thorns, and it looks like it's like his surgical. He had like a surgical mask on, looked like the same outfit he was wearing in that first image we ever got of him. And he was doing uh, a, a Jesus-esque pose, and it's in black and white. And yeah. I'm sure we we all have many many thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, Marisha. Not happy thoughts. <laughs> I mean, yeah. just why? Like, mm-hmm. why would you go out of your way? I mean, I guess the world's divisive right now, so why not throw in the Joker as Jesus? But it just doesn't seem like a, a helpful thing to do with this at this juncture. <laughs> No, nah, I mean it's an odd. Yeah, and that's it's, it's an odd choice, and not just to me. It, it seems like a really odd choice for this character in general. Like I, I just I don't. Yeah. I look at the image and I'm like, where the hell are you going with this? Yeah, especially because we've seen like three different costumes that he's in. Like, what is this? How much is the Joker gonna be in this movie? If right. he has like these three different iterations of what he looks like, like what are they, you're right. What are they doing with this? Where are you going with it? Um, mm-hmm. You know, even ignoring the obvious controversy and of um, how offensive it is to many people, I'm sure of, of, him, of that image. Yeah. Um, this mass murder maniac as, as Jesus well, I mean, you know, I you've you've always had your your share of people that felt that feel like art should be offensive. Yeah. And so 
From right, that aspect, I'm that. not surprised. Right. Especially, as you mentioned just, just a minute ago, things that we've heard Zack Snyder say before. Like, Zack Snyder has no issue with offensive. Shocking, for the sake of shocking. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my issue that I've always, that I've had with this, is is um, with most of Zack Snyder's stuff. And, and, and just the, before I start dogging on him too much, I want to say he makes some beautiful looking movies. Watchmen mm -hmm. is one of the best looking movies I've ever seen. Um, but he just does these things. And I think that there's plenty of room for shocking or offensive images or ideas in art and in film. I, some of my favorite things I've ever seen feature plenty of that. Um, if they're done correctly, I have no problem with that at all. But what I have a problem with is shocking for the sake of shocking. And not even because I'm like personally offended by, mm -hmm. by things that are like that. It's because when I look at it from a creative point of view, I think it's lazy. Yep. I mean, and that's the thing about shock factor. The only way to continually have shock factor is just to up the ante constantly. And it's not if whenever the point becomes like how controversial can we make this like that's not and i guess that could be a creative exercise but it seems like there are better creative exercises but i agree and just me. if there was sort of a purpose behind it Mm -hmm. then sure, but I have no faith that Zack Snyder is going to have a purpose behind it other than, I, I don't know. Okay, we were saying it before the show. The The best word I can think of to describe this is just, it's very pretentious. Mm -hmm. It's these artsy images of the Joker as Jesus, and it's in black and white, mm -hmm. and you know you have the Hallelujah song in that first trailer. Mm-hmm. And Hallelujah is a great song to use in film, okay? Shrek is the perfect example, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's a great song to use in film. It's been done many, many times, but it's just so out of place here. But it's a song that it feels like they put it in because it's like, look at how epic and amazing we are. And it's very, it's just very, right. it's very one of, it's pretentious. One of, right. It's one of those songs that sometimes it's used in really good places. It's always used to like invoke certain kinds of emotions, but it seems like a lot of times it's one of those songs that's just used to be pretentious. Mm -hmm. Like imagine it's used the same way. It's just pretentiousness. Right. Right, and to make something seem more thought-provoking than it really is. Right. I, I don't and know. I, Zack, Snyder, images, we... Zack Snyder has made good movies. There's no doubt about that. I love the 300. Um, he's done some other good things. But, like, I mean, I've always, like, I look at everybody's like, look how amazing-looking his superhero movies are. And I'm like, he just, he literally learned Frank Miller's style when he made the 300 movie and he's just been doing it ever since. Yeah. Like literally frame, like, frame like almost. literally rip, like, and, and that for, for the 300, it was fine, but it's literally, I mean, there, there are the literal frames from the graphic novel are in that movie. Every one of them. And mm -hmm. same thing for Watchmen and the Watchmen too, which is what Alan, Alan Moore, right? That was Alan Moore, yeah. Yeah. Who and, is as close to Frank Miller as you can get. Um, 
Right. But I, I just feel Without like he just Frank like ripped off Frank Miller's whole style and just makes all of his movies look like that now. Yeah. And Batman v Superman was just straight up ripped images from Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. So people talk about like how innovative he is with his look. And I, and I don't, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with emulating a great artist like Frank Miller, but like, let's, let's give the credit where it's due. And that's Frank Miller. Yeah. But visually, and, and you made this sort of comparison before the show that I really, really like it's, like the last Jedi, I watch the last Jedi, right? I don't like it as a star Wars film, but it's visually it's, it's a beautiful looking movie. It's, it has some great shots and editing and cinematography and colors. It's, it's incredible to look at. And that's how I feel about most Zack Snyder movies. Um, he's an incredible visual filmmaker. He makes some really cool looking stuff and does some really interesting things. I love the Watchmen movie because of the way it looks and it's just ripped straight out of the comic book. But when I actually pay attention to the movie and the tone and the dialogue and everything like that, it's obvious to me that he doesn't understand the comic book and what he was doing. He was just doing the visuals. And when it came to the actual substance of the work, it, it, it just went over his head. And I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to insult Zack Snyder. You know what? He. I'm sure he, he's way richer than me. He can take it. Um, <laughs> uh, you don't, he's you, made a great career. For yeah. Here. Presumably, you don't make it that far in any artistic field without having a little bit of thick skin. Right. Yeah. But you know, sometimes he's taking a lot of heat. Yeah. I'm sure he's used to. And it. look, and and here's the thing: before you get upset with me for for bashing this movie. I, I don't prejudge a movie. Like I, I'm seeing a lot of stuff that makes me go, I just don't know. I, I'm not excited about it, mm-hmm. but I'll judge the movie when I watch yeah. it. I'm not going to go in there like prepared to hate it. I'm going to go give it a shot. And, and and here's the thing. When we first heard about the Zack Snyder, the, the Snyder cut coming out and we did an episode on it, everything we were saying was, was pretty positive. If I remember correctly, we were saying like, Oh, I'm not a big fan of Zack Snyder and but, but he doesn't get it. But like, it's great that he's going to get to do his vision and he's going to get to do what he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was positive, I, but now it's becoming pretty clear, uh, that he's just using it as an opportunity to do a bunch of random stuff. There is no way in hell. Any of this would have been in the original justice league. Mm-hmm. Like let's, let's say that he finished the justice league, his justice league from the very beginning. None of this would have been in it. No, this is not no. the Snyder cut of justice league anymore. This is like an entirely different thing now. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is this is a whole new movie. This is a lot more, like I said last week, it's a lot more than a director's cut. It's a lot more complex than right. that. And I agree. Um and, and I do feel like maybe I, I know the whole thing was that they really just turned him loose with this. Now, Warner Brothers seems to kind of not be putting it front and center right now, and I it kind of makes me wonder what Warner Brothers th- thinks about it. Um, or if they're just distancing themselves a little bit from trying, you know, the fans expecting to have this much control from now on. Right. You know, I I don't know where they're going with that, but I mean, there was a rumor that came out the other day that 
one of the things, like, that Warner Brothers actually told him no on something. And it was that he wanted to have um, Lois Lane and uh, Batman in a relationship in this movie. I wonder what context that'd be in. That's strange. Well, like, I mean, in the comics, that's been done, but that was, like, early. Like, before Superman's really in the picture. And... It's like, so Superman dies and she runs off with Batman. Like, yeah, that's so. That's what was, it's so strange and like. So I guess before Superman comes back is the idea. Yeah, yeah. That's. That's just weird, man. Right. Like what's uh, that's so that's so. But also, I you know it's weird is that that's what they told him no on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, it was like why was why was why was that the line in the sand? Yeah, but don't you dare let Lois Lane have another relationship other than Superman. That's yeah. that's. I mean, like I wouldn't have been a fan necessarily, but that's just that's just, that's weird. That's so funny. That's yeah. that's that's strange. And, I, and maybe that's, that's not true. That. I mean, that's kind of in the realm of of rumors a little bit, but. Um, Still, it's just it, it wouldn't surprise me. That's the thing right now. You could you could just about mm-hmm. tell me any th- any crazy rumor you could make up about what Zack Snyder wanted to put in this movie, and I'd go, okay, yeah, I be- I can see that because he literally just seems to be throwing you can say everything. That's going to be in the movie, yeah, but he's just literally. It's just it it feels like he's just literally throwing everything against the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost like they're not going to let him make another movie. Mm-hmm. And so this is his last chance yeah. to get in as much as he can. Uh, Marisha, we've been, we, we've, me and Andrew have been going back and forth on this. Obviously, we have a lot of thoughts on it. But what are you thinking about all this Zack Snyder Justice League stuff? I mean, I'm just not seeing anything that makes me more excited for it. It's like weird, artsy. That's the thing. I would love to be excited about it. Mm-hmm. But the more I hear, the less excited I get. Like, how many more weird artsy pictures of the Joker do we need for your director's cut yeah. of your movie? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. We had a whole two-hour movie full of artsy weird stuff about the Joker. Right. Like, just a year ago. Right. And But here's the thing about that. That's a great example of shocking imagery and, and weird things and, and mm-hmm. artistic stuff. But it all made sense in context. And they were uh, they were doing something with it, right? Like there was a purpose behind it. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, I kind of cut you off. What no, were you getting at? no. Uh, I that that was pretty much that was. Pre- I mean, that's just pretty much kind of my thoughts on it. It's just I'm not seeing anything that makes me think this looks like a compelling movie. As much as I think this looks like he wants people to talk about the Joker. And I mean, I guess yeah. all press is good press, they say, you know, so, I mean, we are talking about it. So maybe that was just, maybe that's just the point, you know, is to keep it kind of on the forefront yeah. of people's minds. Um, but it doesn't make me think, you know what? wow, I need to get out and make sure I see this as soon as it drops. Yeah. Well, you know what? To be, to play devil's advocate here, now that I'm thinking about it, when this was first announced, there was like a 50-50 chance that I was going to spend the money to see it. Mm-hmm. But now I'm seeing all this ridiculous stuff, 
and there's like a really good chance that I'm gonna see this movie, just yep. so I can like see what the hell's going on, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's. <laughs> right. I guess it's working now. I don't think that's his intention. Um, I think his intention is for me to go. Oh my god, that looks so epic, and and watch it. But, but this is his publicist's intention. Yeah. Perhaps that's a good, that's a good point. You know, like if they're I, only worried about make more people watch the movie, and that's it. I mean, that's the thing. Like ultimately, like he's concerned about making this statement and creating this art. The people he works for are really just interested in if people are going to pay to see it. So, at this point, I hope that I watch this and I get a statement out of it. I hope I take away something mm-hmm. because I find it hard to believe that he actually has a statement to say other than. Um, superheroes suck and violence is cool. Yeah, I you guess. Know, I, 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 was, I was like, I was saying, I don't, I don't want to insult him or whatever, or be mean. But then I just remembered that he once said at a conference uh, that comic book fans need to grow up and realize their heroes murder people. Like he said those words. So you no. know what? I don't mind insulting him. Who who let the man make a comic book movie? I really don't understand that. I mean, like, no, like man. for real. Well, here's the thing. He made 300, right? Mm-hmm. And that was before anybody... He made 300. And it's an, inc- and that, that it is really an well. incredible and adaptation of that... Of that... Of the... Uh, the original uh, book. Mm-hmm. And then he did the same thing with Watchmen. He yep. makes 300, and that's why he got to make Watchmen, right? Mm-hmm. He, he really did wa- walk the steps. So 300, I mean, like, it's popular, but no one, who ca- who cares about the comic book? Like, it's a good comic book, but it's not Watchmen, right? Mm-hmm. He's walking the steps. He does 300. Great adaptation. Hey, we're doing this comic book that has been called unadaptable for years. Mm-hmm. He just adapted this film perfectly. Let's get Zack Snyder to do it. And then he does Watchmen. And he does the same thing over again. He adapts it perfectly, frame by frame. Yep. And of course, like I like I've already said, you actually pay attention. I don't think he I don't think he gets it, but visually he does it. So then they go, okay, well we're gonna make this Man of Steel movie, and this guy just did three hundred, and he did Watchmen, which is the most like, um, imp- like one of the most important books, comic books ever. Let's get him to do Man of Steel. Let's see how it goes. And then he does Man of Steel. And Man of Steel overall was a success. So he's, That's he's the thing is I don't love steps. it. Yeah. That's the thing about Man of Steel. I don't love it, but it's 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 okay. And and it was well-received overall. Yeah. And it was it's successful. Right. Now, looking back, there's some things about it I don't, I don't like. But at the time, I was happy with it. And exactly. It was successful. So he walks these steps, and that's how he gets to do this. And then... You get to a point where he does have a loyal following who are tweeting, release the Snyder Cut. And, mm-hmm. and at this point, obviously, Warner Brothers does not give a crap about DC. They just see him as a money farm, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. So as we were, like, with the Blue Beetle movie, it's like, I don't give a cr- Sure, make your Blue Beetle movie, whatever, man. Like, mm-hmm. sure. Like, they don't give a crap. Oh, is it connected, not connected? Oh, uh-huh. Right. It's, uh-huh. like, it's like if somebody uh-huh. shows up and says, we want to make a Blue Beetle movie, and they look and go, will that make money? And somebody says, yes. It's like, well, go make your Blue Beetle movie. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's, and, and ultimately that's what it boils down to. I mean, they're going to milk these. Um, 
these products, but people talk about how bloated and, and milked the, the, that Marvel is, but the amount, the sheer volume of DC stuff, when you look over at like HBO max and stuff, it's kind of unreal. They've been spitting out the most random stuff. dude. It's, I love the Joker movie. It's so weird. We got a Joker movie, right? We got Joker and then we had doom patrol show and we had the Titans and we had swamp thing and, and, and that, you're right. Like it's and that doesn't even count the stuff they're doing stuff. over on the CW. Mm-hmm. The C- all the CW stuff, which, by the way, is probably the closest we're ever going to get at the, ever going to get at this point to having like a DC universe, like right. live action, the Berlanti verse over there, and it's uh, you know I've liked a lot of what they've done. Some of it's gotten kind of stale as they've gone, but as far as being true to the original versions of those characters they've done a great job mm-hmm. yeah watching the crisis on infinite earths crossover made me extremely happy because i i feel like at the very least cw actually does understand the characters mm-hmm. that it yeah. that it makes stories about yeah i really think it does and it, it makes me smile from ear to ear thinking about the really cool stuff they did. I mean, they they planned out years in advance leading up to Crisis on Infinite Earths, and then they did it beautifully. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was it was incredible, and I just wish I could see that. Yeah, in the movies, right? I'd love to be able to see that like high budget. I mean, honestly, I feel like if instead of making a TV show, they had made two or three Arrow movies and a Flash movie or two, you know, and just kind of gone that that direction with pretty much exactly what they did, but just not rehash the exact same storylines quite as many times that they would have been in much better shape to compete with Marvel than they are with their current big budget projects. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. Um, They could have DC started halfway to the finish line. Mm -hmm. I think we've said that. I think I've said that exactly before on this show. Yeah. Um, they had Superman, Batman, all their people there. They had this this perfect thing, and they just—I don't think they could—they couldn't decide. They couldn't get the crowd together. But and there's some good and bad out of it. For example, we're getting this pretty awesome looking Batman movie coming up. True. And that ain't connected to nothing, but I'm hyped as hell for that. That looks awesome. I think Robert Pattinson's going to be great. I think everything I've seen about it looks really great. We got the Joker movie, which is one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. Um. We got Wonder Woman and yeah. Aquaman and Shazam. Yeah. There's been a lot of good that comes out of it. True. And I, I would, I mean, I'm uh, maybe in like ten years they'll try again. Uh, I would love more than anything to see a proper Justice League movie, though. It would make me so happy. I want to see, I want to see Batman and Superman like. As friends. Right. Mm-hmm. You know that scene in Age of Ultron, the party scene? Mm-hmm. Like the good scene from that movie? <laughs> I would love that if it's the Justice League hanging out in the Watchtower. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. The dynamic there is, is so good. I mean, that's, the, the Justice League Unlimited TV show is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, it, it's so heartbreaking. But maybe in 10 years, we'll, they'll try again. Yeah. I mean, eventually they've got to get it right, right? I mean, well, but that's the, the thing. It's like it's like not like they haven't done things right. I mean, that's one of the things David just said is right. There are a lot, but, of but things I mean, the cohesive, right. the whole kind of, and 
It maybe, and you know, maybe we'll I think on one hand they didn't want to be seen as just trying to do what Marvel was doing. The thing is, the, the comparison is, is inevitable, the, right? Well, and now it is because Marvel is the like. Marvel is the franchise. Like, it has surpassed everything. It surpassed Star Wars. It surpassed all these other mm-hmm. things. Like, it is the franchise. There's n- nothing has ever been done in cinematic history that even comes close to the success of the MCU. Mm-hmm. The MCU... It's actually insane. The MCU, in a 10-year span, made Kevin Feige the number one earning producer ever. Yeah. Yeah, and before that, he was producing crappy Fantastic Four movies. Right. That guy's been trying for years, and it worked out. But yeah, we're never going to see something like that. And that's a good point. You know, he there. There was definitely some swing and a miss that happened in the Marvel uh, planning stages before they finally hit on something that really was successful. Yeah. I mean, you could argue the X-Men Fox franchise. Yeah. Uh, it's good, but then again, it's it's just the X-Men. And they d- and there were a lot of misses there. You had the Raimi trilogy, but then it was there was that big miss with the third one and and so then that all came out before Iron Man did. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot Kevin Feige had a lot to do with that and and I guess the re- the reason it all worked is because when Marvel started doing this, uh, they picked the right people to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think DC tried to do that with Zack Snyder. And and it, it, I want to like, you know, calm out on it. But but to be fair, at the time, this guy just made two of the best adaptations ever of comic books. Mm-hmm. You know. So in hindsight, obviously. I can see exactly why that was a mistake, but I understand why producers and people who are putting money into this are thinking to themselves, well, we should just get this guy. He just yeah. made Watchmen. Yeah, for sure. No, and I mean, he, he should have been on people's lists. He was making money. Mm-hmm. And so they do that, and it just... You know, here's the thing. If they would have put Zack Snyder in a position like actually where Kevin... Kevin Feige was because he was a producer and a director, but he was never like in charge of everything. If they would have done that, I wouldn't have liked where it would go. But you could argue that we'd at least have one cohesive continuity. Yeah. If there was one guy, even if it's the guy I don't like. True. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, I I used to be a lot more even if I seem angry on the show I used to be a lot angrier about fan stuff <laughs> and I stopped because I just I want to enjoy the things it's, that I like. There's not, a great it's not worth it. No, there's a great quote from the, like this random YouTuber called Predator and, he, and I tweeted it once. He said, um, "I'm a Star Wars fan and like most Star Wars fans, I hate pretty much everything about Star Wars." <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. And that applies to most fandoms. Mm-hmm. Right. Most every well, fandom. Well, that was a decision that we had to consciously make on Course Not Radio Underground when there were things happening in, you know, that we didn't love, either things happening at Lucasfilm or things that were going on in the movies themselves and it was real easy to just do a whole show and be incredibly negative about it. 
And I started burning out really fast on doing the show. Yeah. And I finally stopped and said, I didn't start this show because I wanted to gripe about things. I started the show because I wanted to talk about things I enjoy. So we will mention things when there's when there's relevant things that we don't like. We're going to talk about them. We're going to give our honest opinion on them. But those are not the things that we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the things that we like about the series because that's why we do the podcast. Now, if we had decided to be a... I hate everything about Star Wars channel. We would probably have seven times as many followers. Oh yeah, and we, that's the thing. We could we could go out there and we could be really controversial and probably being much much larger podcast. But it's be much much less happy people. Yep. Some of us aren't stable enough to to have an unhappy online persona. <laughs> that's so funny. That's so true, though. People love that, and just. It's just a coincidence that this is an episode where there's a lot that we're complaining about. Right. But Although um, I think we overall, got some other news I'm super excited about, so we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I was just about to transition into that, um, unless you guys have any other final thoughts on this. No, I don't. I, I, I think I think we've kind of touched on it a couple episodes in a row, and at this point I'm just ready to see the thing. Yeah. Ready to quit talking yeah. about it and see it so we can know how... On point, our opinions were. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so moving on. Now, there's the big one. There's the really big one we got to get to, but I'll get on this small one um, first. Deadpool 3 will be R-rated, Yep. but no other Marvel projects will be. Hmm. And the big standing, the big thing that stood out here, a lot of people were saying was, well, what about Blade? Hmm. That yeah. is coming out, because that one... It's obvious that that would be R-rated too. I mean, like, and maybe Kevin Feige, like, maybe maybe it will be, man. Maybe he wasn't thinking about Blade. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe it's still we, there's that's not like a confirming that Blade will not be R-rated, but and he, right. And still. He, but here's the thing about that: like, it's possible that he just like like you said didn't even think about Blade when he was having that conversation. When we talk about Wandavision. like I make notes ahead of time. We sit down, we talk about Wandavision, and we try to do it in thirty minutes. On, the, on our new Monday night show. And honest to God, every week that we've done it, we wrap up and I go, oh my God, I forgot to talk about one of the biggest things in the show. Yeah. And that's just that one little show. And it's like, so think about the mass of them. And, yeah. and knowing that they're planning two, three, four years ahead, the amount of stuff on his plate, if he forgets about something like, oh yeah, Blade will probably be rated R2, who cares? We, I mean, we haven't even had any follow-up information on when that's actually occurring. Yeah. No, exactly. But people really, that really stood out to a lot of people. I mean, the Deadpool one's not like, yeah, Deadpool's going to be R-rated. Yay, great. Good. But here's the thing that I've found, especially when, when Deadpool was first coming over to the MCU and there was that question of, is it going to be R-rated or not? I think that an R rating is something that can improve things. But it can only improve things if the thing is already good. Right. If you take a bad movie... You can't make it good just because you slap an R rating on it. Yeah, exactly. If you take a movie and the only way to make it good is by making it R, so it can have blood and sex or whatever, then it's not a good movie. Right. And that's traditionally why R rated movies don't perform well at the box office. Yeah. True. That and the fact that you're cutting out a huge portion of your movie going fan base. 
Yeah. And I think that's why Deadpool was one of the first ones that ever broke that, honestly. And, I mean, I am happy that it's going to be R-rated because I think that it might be missing a little something. The thing about Deadpool is, like, I'm glad it'll be R-rated because I I do like that aspect of Deadpool. But it is just an aspect of Deadpool. Mm -hmm. It is a a piece of a pie. And um, if you take that away, if it's like if it has to be taken away... I still think it's possible to get a good movie out of it. Same thing with Blade. Now, it, because of like the Wesley Snipes movies, it's hard to imagine Blade without the. I mean, he's a vampire hunter. Blood is just inherent <laughs> in vampires, but mm-hmm. and it's hard to imagine it without that. But I still think we could get a good movie if it's not R-rated. If, like I said, if it has to be R-rated, then I don't want. Then it's not a good movie in the first place. Yeah. In my in my opinion. Right. And I think I, I still am of the mind that Deadpool will wind up being very firmly in a different part of the multiverse now that we're opening that box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that frees it up because part of the problem and part of the hesitation on Disney and Marvel's part as far as going into R rating is they've built, is what I was talking about a minute ago, they've built this huge immersive world. Family friendly immersive world. Right. So. You can't do that and then suddenly take this piece and go, okay, well, we're going to make this piece that kids can't watch. So kids are going to just have to deal without this part of the whole big picture story. And and I don't think Deadpool needs to be a part of the big picture story. I think Deadpool's a lot more fun if you put him off to the side, maybe in his own in, in a different multi in a different part of the multiverse, and he still can do commentary on what's happening in the MCU. And I think that's a lot more fun to do with him. Exactly. And, you know, here's the, this, this is what I've been saying ever since he first was acquired. Whenever he's on his own, he can be R rated. And if you want him to show up in another movie, mm-hmm. he just doesn't say the, the F word while he's there. Yeah. Yeah. And doesn't talk about, his genitals like that that's all you gotta do i mean not in fact go ahead in fact what in fact if you actually read some deadpool comic books he doesn't do those things most of the time right most of the time he's like an actual character doing things yeah yeah what were you saying marisha i mean and I mean, the thing is, they, they lean pretty hard into, um, you know, some kind of off-color humor in Guardians 2. They did. Um, there's not a lot of it, but there's, there, it does, it, it definitely is has there. its moments, which I probably wouldn't have noticed if I didn't have kids. Um, so, I mean, if, if they can kind of match that tone, if Deadpool does show up, then... I mean, I, I think that, that sh- they should still be able to kind of maintain the integrity of, of how the character is, you know, and just tone it down a little bit. Yeah. I, like you said, you know, just, he can just, you know, not, not drop quite so many F-bombs and, you know, just we can all go on our merry way. Now, when it comes to stuff like blood and violence, what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? Because... Obviously, something like Blade would would typically be pretty bloody. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't see how you do Blade and 
you might can get away with PG thirteenth, but knowing what makes a rated R movie rated R, I there's gonna I mean, you can't do Blade without the blood, can you? I mean I mean they've done it on TV. People in half with swords. Right. Not lightsabers. Mm. Maybe they can give him lightsabers. (laughs) They do on Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's the perfect solution. Um, no, I mean, I think that Blade probably winds up being rated R. I, it might not be, and if they can do it without making it R, that's great. As far as things that make something R rated, the least offensive to my sensibilities is is blood. I mean, I yeah. did let my five year old watch Lord of the Rings. Uh, at least when it's a when it's not. It becomes R-rated when it's a lot of blood. The right. amount of blood is what kind of... The thing is, is I really feel like tone-wise, as far as kind of the the way, you know, Blade is, is pretty violent. And, and when I think of what I would want a Blade movie to kind of feel like, I think of Logan. Mm-hmm. Right. And was, Lo- was Logan rated R? It was. It yeah. was, yeah. Ooh, that's a, oh yeah, yeah. With the uh, the you know, it's just that very beginning when Wolverine just violently stabs the guy with his claws and whatever you know, and you see him chop the arm off. You're right. That's a great comparison. That's a great comparison. That's the kind of level of violence I'd I'd like for Blade to be. Now I think that I'm trying to think of like an MCU movie that has that same. I mean, you could do like a um, like a Hawkeye scene in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Whenever he's in Japan, that mm-hmm. kind of level of violence, but that's right. it's it's gonna be missing something. Um, we just don't have that level of violence in in the MCU. Mm-hmm. We don't. It's just it's not there yet. Um, yeah. And I think for the most part, it's never going to be, except with some of these things that are going to. I, I still have doubts about Blade being part of the main story. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, is Blade gonna show up in the Avengers? Like, it can be. It can so. be within this cinematic universe and not be connected to other characters. Yeah, Blade is very totally. I mean, is he gonna be quipping? Is he gonna be doing the Marvel quipping the mm-hmm. whole time? And like, it's 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 gonna feel very different. But I, I also kind of like that because it's Blade, Marvel but all dad humor. <laughs> it's Blade, but what? All dad jokes. All dad jokes, exactly. Yeah, like, uh, but I think Blade can be a movie that's very different, which is which is exciting. I want to see different movies, and I think there's room for that. And I think it'd be okay if you had an R-rated superhero movie in the MCU. I understand the issue, and I understand the hesitation. Mm-hmm. It, and you're, you would have to kind of separate it. It's it's a weird line to walk, but I mean, obviously they have a plan for it. Um, and I have faith in them to do it all right. and I'll probably still enjoy the movie, though. But I do hope it feels very different from other MCU movies. I don't want to feel like I'm watching another quippy Marvel movie. Right. You know? And, and I, think that, I think that we can expect that. I think that WandaVision is showing us that they're, they're willing to move a little bit more towards this horror side of things. And I think they're really going to show that off with uh, Doctor Strange. Especially with yeah, Sam Raimi on board there. Yeah, let's see some some weird, shocking stuff, um, but for the sake of something, unlike some directors that we already talked about on the show tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, you guys have any more thoughts on on this news about Deadpool and and R-rated movies in the MCU? No. I think that covers everything I've got to say on it at this point. Awesome. That means we can move into the really exciting part. Well, let me let me drop a couple of little small bits here before we move on. Before we get to the exciting part. Uh, okay. Really not probably not even a lot of discussion, just some little little tidbits here and there. Um both Nickelodeon and Netflix are both de- developing new animated Transformers shows, which is uh, really cool. Hopefully, at least one of them's good. Um, the GI Joe series—I I, don't—I don't know if you even watched either of the two GI Joe movies, David. Uh, yeah, I saw the, the first one is atrocious. The second one's okay, but they are yeah. making a Lady J series on Amazon Prime, and. Uh, I don't know. I'm hoping that Adrian Pilecki played that character in uh, in the movie, and I would love to see her move over there and do that on Prime. But there's no word yet on casting. There's some other little interesting tidbits uh, in the MCU. We had rumors that both Coulson and Quake could show up in Secret Invasion on Disney Plus. Please, please. I think that was pretty much it. I mean, it's just kind of some little things here and there that I thought were kind of interesting, but uh, we don't have a whole lot of info on them yet. Uh, Coulson and Quake deserve it. I mean... At least Coulson's already been in a movie. Right. But, I mean, there are some others. You know, there was some rumors earlier this week where they were saying that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and... I don't remember what other group would be involved in that. So I'm honestly hoping that we get, you know, a, a larger part of the crew than just those two showing up. I agree. I think that'd be incredible. In fact, make in one fact, of them a scroll. Right. But my, you know, my, you know, part of the reason that I found the Adrian Pilecki thing is because I was trying to, I was kind of researching, you know, agents of shield showing up in this show because you remember she played Mockingbird in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, yeah. And yeah. that's a character that just needs to be brought back into the MCU. That needs to be brought into the MCU. Like, period. I agree. That'd be so awesome. I'd love, I'd love for them to come back. I'd love for the whole squad to show back up. That's such a... It deserves it. It really does. Because the work that they were doing on that show years after... I mean, that was a show that... Every single year, it's like, okay, is it, get, is it getting canceled yet? But they kept trucking along. They were they were pushing it, man, and they they did some really great stuff. And um, I didn't see some of the stuff in between, like season four and the end. I had stopped watching, but I came back to watch those final episodes so we could review it. And I loved them. And um, one day, I, there's just so much entertainment. But one day, I'd love to go back and and watch everything that I missed. But Agents of the Shield was was an, an accomplishment at that point. What they were able to do with all of the obstacles in their way, but just based on the way that they were being treated by the MCU, it's an accomplishment that they lasted as long as they did, and they did the stories that they did, and they made the characters that they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quake deserves the show up in a movie for sure. She's definitely earned that. Um, I had I had really held out some hope of them showing up. In Endgame, but that didn't happen. Um, oh, oh, one other little piece of uh, information that could be interesting. There's rumors that 
Kristen Ritter's Jessica Jones could be showing up in the She-Hulk series. Hmm. That'd be great also. Yeah. I, I'd love that. Yeah, cool. I mean, they're, if they're bringing back Charlie Cox for Spider-Man, yeah. I think it'd be great bring back her. I mean, and then bring bring in Luke Cage. Like we've said yeah. that before, bring in those three. Um, they'd be great. I'd love to see Jessica Jones and She-Hulk hanging out. You know what's funny? She would have been a great She-Hulk if she wasn't Jessica Jones. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Yeah. That would be awesome. I'd love to see that. All right, but those were just a few little things I had kind of picked up, but uh, let's get into that big piece of news. Yeah, so I follow Tom Holland on Instagram, so that was the first bit that I saw. I saw his title announcement, which I believe was, was that one Phone Phone Home? home. Phone Home. Phone Home. Which is a reference you get, right? Which it's a reference to E.T., right? Right. Yeah. Just Which I didn't sure. get. Marisha had to tell me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> You're like, what the hell does like, phone home even mean? <laughs> even I know yeah, that I one. Was, I was ranting. I was ranting because I was holding out hope that they wouldn't have home in the title because I'm sick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first one I saw. And I had no indication that it was fake or a joke. I was just like, sure, right. whatever. I don't, I don't follow the other actors, right? right? So then I go on Twitter to see what everyone's reaction is. And then I see that there's all these other ones. You got... Zendaya saying home wrecker and what was well, what Zendaya was, uh, Zendaya's I think was home slice. Yeah. Oh, you're right. And, and then uh, his was home wrecker. Home wrecker, yeah. What? So then I knew okay, none of these are real. When then the um, the fake ones just like there were fake ones everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which is funny because ever since Far From Home, people have been like, Oh, what's the next one gonna be? Home Alone, Home Alone. 2, Lost in New York. Right. That was yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Which I think is hilarious. But then, um, the next day, I think it was the next day, or maybe by the end of that day, we got the official title reveal, which is Spider-Man No Way Home. Yep. And, Andrew, I know you have a lot to say about that video and that whiteboard that we saw it on Mm -hmm. uh because there were a lot lot of interesting shapes all over it (laughs) yeah no we we definitely well we had a couple little things we had a glitch when it changes from the board to the title screen that looks an awful lot like the glitching going on in wandavision Um, as well as definite hexagons all over that board with, you know, interestingly, not just plain hexagons, hexagons with branches coming off of them. And this whole idea, this, this, I, I don't even remember where I found the, the theory online last week. And I talked about this on the WandaVision show that the idea that these hexagons are kind of the basic building blocks of the universe, um, which does, which is interesting, because like I said, they're not, they're they're a shape that is found in nature because of the way that cells can be blocked together to fill a space. Um, you know, like think like beehives. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So it, it is an interesting theory, and I and I like this. Uh, but when I see these hexagons with branches off of them, it re- knowing that we're digging into the multiverse, like I think it kind of all but confirms that theory. I agree. And it's looking like there's going to be a bit of a Wanda 
trilogy because we know that Doctor Strange is showing up in Spider-Man No Way Home. Right. Which I'm now believing that like Wanda's probably going to be in it too. And then we know after that that um, Wanda's going to be in the new Doctor Strange movie. So it's sort of like a Wanda trilogy and it's all going to be about the multiverse, which I like the idea of the multiverse basically being like an, like the multiverse itself almost being like an antagonist um, or whatever um, the true antagonist is revealed to be at the end of WandaVision. Or maybe it is Wanda still under that antagonist control causing all these problems. Like There's so many possibilities and it's really exciting. And I think it's clear No Way Home is going to be about the multiverse. Um, obviously, those, there are those rumors of, of all those cameos. Uh, we got the glitch. Doctor Strange is showing up in it. The questions I'm left with now are endless. <laughs> First of all, what does No Way Home mean? Does it mean Peter gets trapped in another multiverse and can't get home? Is it other Spider-Man come to this one and can't get home? You know, lots of questions there. And also, how is this? What does this have to do with his identity being revealed in the last one? Which is another reason that I've always kind of said I kind of wish there would have been one more spider-man movie before we got the big multiverse level thing Mm -hmm. um just to kind of get a more personal spider-man movie about that but i'm sure it'll tie it in nicely um those pictures where are they at what are they doing it kind of looks like maybe they're like in like i imagine like they're hiding they're in hiding like it's like this like abandoned building that peter's hiding out in because obviously he's probably wanted as uh he's been revealed to be spider-man i mean i could see there being a possibility of them wrapping up that whole story in the first five minutes this was something simple. Like that's a thing that I could see happening. What's Daredevil doing in there? So it's obviously is he going to be a lawyer? Is he going to be Daredevil? What's Doctor Strange doing? Multiverses. Andrews. Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. There's so many questions. Yeah. So many questions. But I'll, I'll ask you guys. What do you guys think the title specifically is referring to? What does it mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of torn on it. So. Currently, here is my theory, is that I do think that something is going to happen on Earth that may leave some people, that that may be bringing in people from other universes. I kind of think that Wanda's whole The Hex, that they're currently calling it. It's going to consume Earth. I do. I think that something's going to happen. She's going to lose complete control of it and that it's going to affect everything. And it's going to send us down yeah. whatever the spiral that all of these other things are, are going to, you know, going to lead to all of these other things happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my suspicion... The order, what's the order of projects? We got WandaVision finishing up, then we got Falcon Winter Soldier, then we got Loki. Oh, and speaking and... of, I, I used to think that Loki was a total side project. Like, like that Loki's story really didn't tie to the main story, that it would kind of be him doing his own thing mm-hmm. until they brought up, because in my reading of trying to understand Nexus beings, the TVA is the TVA, right? Or the, what is uh, the... Yeah, the time, the, uh, yeah, the, the time cops. Yeah, whatever they're called. Yeah. I'm, I'm blanking on that. Yeah. What, the, because we know they're in Loki. We've seen them in the trailer. Right. But they are also like this big organization that monitors these Nexus beings. Oh, okay, okay. Hmm. Yeah. So I, I think everything's um, really, really connected at this point. It looks like Falcon Winter Soldier is probably going to be its own thing at this point. I do but think so, because first, I think 
I think that one is going to be fun because I think that one's going to be more of a personal story rather than this great big thing. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, we've yeah, kind of got these really- two characters who kind of lost their place. Like, right. they were both and, kind and of cat sidekicks. And now, the, you know, the hero's gone. You know, what do we do next? Oh, yeah, it's going to be a super interesting story. I can't wait. We got a little trailer for that, too, by the way, and it, it, I think it looks great. But if I remember correctly, before the pandemic, that was actually slated to come out first, right? Uh, like, I think that was supposed to come in August, wasn't it? I, I think so. I, I do think so. And something happened and filming got delayed. It, yeah. Right. And, and following that, if that was the case, then we would have gotten that, been out the way and then we would have gone to WandaVision, and then all of the next MCU projects in order would have dealt with this big multiverse thing. Right, right. And that would have made perfect sense. Because um, we're getting Spider-Man at the end of this year. Right. And interestingly, is it is insane. a theater-only release. They confirmed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is insane. When I also, like, I, I actually wrote it down. I was like, isn't it kind of weird that we got, like, a Spider-Man movie? Movie wise, we're getting two Spider-Man movies in a row in the MCU. That yeah. is the order. Well, Last no, MCU we still movie, have we, we still have Scarlet. I mean, we still have. Uh, oh, Black Widow. Black Widow. And Eternals. When's Eternals coming now? Um, I don't remember. I think Eternals. Well, we are got- getting Spider-Man really soon after the previous Spider-Man movie. Okay, so we've got Eternals is still slated for November 5th. Okay. So we've got Black Widow in May. Um, holy crap. How many movies do we have this year? Because isn't Shang-Chi in July? Oh my god, you're right. I forgot about Shang-Chi. And then Eternals, and then I think Spider-Man's going to be Christmas release, right? Eternals and Spider-Man are really close to each other then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that might be subject to change potentially. I don't know. It just kind of depends um, on if they still, still need, to, if it depends on if they need to air in this order. Yeah. Just still like, it's interesting that we're getting a Spider-Man movie so soon. Uh, I think like it's a two years after the last time we got a Doctor Strange movie was like what? 2016. Yeah. It's been a while. You know, I think it's just, I think it's just an interesting choice, but I mean, Spider-Man's their biggest thing. Well, and I think going, that, so I, guess that makes I, sense. I do think there's a reason for Spider-Man coming that quickly. One, it's the character is just so massively popular, but two, mm-hmm. we can't forget that that character is basically on loan. Yeah. They've got to make That's movies true. with that character I, while they can. Yeah. That's a great point. Um, you're right. I just, I just thought that was interesting. No, it is yeah, interesting because yeah, we haven't multiverse story. We haven't had any other characters that really got stories that close together. the mm-hmm. The closest thing to that was probably Iron Man one and two. Yeah, because they're yeah. both in Phase one, right? Yeah, they're both in Phase one. They're both before the Avengers came out. Um, so yeah, that's what I was thinking too. But I just think that's interesting um, that they're obviously building such a big thing around Spider Man. I mean, he's their biggest character, which is it's it's risky because he is like alone. But I mean, he's what he's, he's it's, also it's Spider Man. They're doing there, yeah. But he's also Spider Man, right? Um, 
but anyway, uh, so Marisha, what are you, what are you thinking about um, No Way Home, the, the title itself? I mean, it's definitely intriguing, and you know, especially you know, as y'all said, considering everything that's going on right now in you know in the MCU and WandaVision. Um, and I think you're right. I think that this movie was originally planned uh, was supposed to drop. I think before before WandaVision, but I don't I don't remember that for sure. I well, mean, we should have we should have had. I'm pretty sure Cap and Winter Soldier and Black Widow should have happened before WandaVision. WandaVision, of course, with Black Widow, it doesn't really matter that much because it actually takes place before Endgame. Yeah, it's a prequel. You know what it makes me think of is in um in Iron Man or not in Iron Man in the first Avengers movie, right? Whenever the flying critters invade New York and um, Iron yep. Man goes through there to drop a a nuke, right? And nuke. he he yeah. just goes, he's falling, 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 and he of course falls through the portal right before it closes. And like what what it makes me think of is like Spider Man does this this same kind of thing, but doesn't land back in New York. Um, you know, so then what happens? You think you think that's like the beginning of the movie, and then what happens, or is that the end and as a cliffhanger? I don't know, but I, I think that it's going to be something along those lines. I mean, obviously they won't use like he's trapped somewhere else. I, I think so. I think he does something heroic, and you know, but in, instead of at the last second he, you know, everything rallies and lands him back where he started. I think everything falls apart and he just is stuck. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, what if our what if our big like what if we haven't actually gotten our Luke Skywalker like appearance of a character at the end of WandaVision yet? I brought this up to Marisha yesterday. What if it's a what if it's like freaking Toby Maguire? Oh. Holy crap. Does Paul Bendy really want to work with Toby Maguire? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, he made that comment, but you're right. Um, he might be a big fan of those Spider-Man oh. movies. Um, Maybe. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's what's yeah, going to happen. But like, okay. what if somebody like that got sucked through the multiverse during the finale of this show? Because mm-hmm. like, I'm still of that's the mind that that tomorrow's episode and then that finale, there's going to be something huge and mind blowing. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, like. Earth chat. I 100% agree um, that that's going to happen. I'm, I'm so excited for it. Um, but yeah, that reminds me. Uh, Tom Holland is swearing to God that there are no other Spider-Men uh, in his movie. Um, uh-huh. I just don't believe anything he says. Well, I don't believe anything Hollywood says anymore. No. no. Well, and it's it's this thing where it's like if his contract says he can't, it can't. If he signed an NDA that he can't mention that they're in it, all he can do is deny it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just lie. And he's you know spoiled stuff before, so he's learned his lesson just to deny. I haven't trusted anything anybody says ever since J.J. Abrams said that That's, the Cumberbatch wasn't con. That is a hundred percent what was like in my head. I was like, ever since J.J. Abrams was like, oh no, Hunter Con mm-hmm. Hunt is not in this nope. movie. And he, Colin was totally in that movie. Yeah. And I mean, he just, he ruined my faith in anything any director or actor says ever. I'm just going to lie. Yep. It's so interesting because like, 
he could just be lying, just straight mm-hmm. up telling a lie mm-hmm. and, and whatever, um, which I think he's he's doing, um, which is interesting because like at this point, like come on, you gotta you gotta do it, man. Like it's gotta be there. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be something like that. But I mean, yeah. Um, personally, I just want to say I was really, really rooting for it not to be something to do with home. Like at this point, it's a little annoying. I think like, it's okay, silly. I do think it rounds trilogy. out. I think it rounds out a trilogy. I, my thing is, is that I really don't care that much about titles. I don't either, but usually I don't. But Spider-Man is so near and dear to my heart. And I just, it's just small things. That, Spider-Man's that franchise where small things will annoy me because <laughs> I care that much. Yeah. If this was a stupid, if this, this was like even Captain America, right? Mm-hmm. If this was like Captain America, I really wouldn't care. But Spider-Man, like the small things are going to bug me and it's just fine. If they want to make it the home trilogy, cool. This fourth one, I swear <laughs> if it has home in the title, I will actually be Because at that point, it's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so fine. I'll let it be. Homecoming made perfect sense. I thought that was cute. Far From Home, oh, okay, okay. I see what you did there. And then this one, it's like, they're trying. Like, this movie would not be called No Way Home if they didn't feel like they had to put home in it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's funny. And, and I mean, y'all... You guys witnessed my rants on Twitter. I was well, and that was the first happy. thing I'd seen, and I was like, "What is going on?" David's losing his mind, and here's and I had to go actually Google it. <laughs> the funniest thing to me, though, was that it appeared that you couldn't figure out what "phone home" was a reference to. I couldn't, and like I hundred percent, I I like a hundred percent expected that to be a reference you would get. I, I just I haven't seen ET in so long, man, and I, it's it's such a small. That's the thing about phone home. It's like it's referencing one little thing, which is so interesting. Like if that would have been the title, and people were like cool, but they were like, yeah, that's the title. That would have sucked. That would have been a bad title, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that would have been bad. And yeah. home wrecker, like <laughs> that would have sucked. Yeah. Watch, they're going to introduce Miles Morales in the next one. It's going to be called Homies. <laughs> I I didn't come up with that. I've seen that for years, but um, that would be pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, there's this is going to be an insane movie. Well, they they did have Home and Slice as one of the. Mm-hmm. Home Slice. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, that that's ridiculous. But um, <laughs> yeah, this movie is going to be insane. This movie's going to be insane, and, you know, like I just said, Spider-Man's near and dear to my heart. I'm kind of happy we're getting this insane Spider-Man movie. You know, Spider-Man is not a stranger to insane multiverse-level things. He's really not. He's been caught up in so much crap, and it's kind of fun watching a character like Spider-Man be caught up in all this crap and being like, what the hell? I'm a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Right, because he's not the character that has the powers to deal with it. Right. He's not Doctor um, Strange. But he's really popular, so he does deal with it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. He's not Doctor Strange. And so I do think it's it's fun to see that, but part of me just – I really wanted a personal Spider-Man story. There's a, I love the MCU Spider-Man. There's a lot about the MCU Spider-Man that really bugs me. Yeah. Like I could rant about it for hours. Well, and it's I, and the I, small I, things that get to me. 
And I, and I do think that, unfortunately, they had to make that character grow up way too fast. One, because of where they were in the storyline and with the in MCU in its entirety. But two, again, because I think that they've just had to try to crank their Spider-Man story out as fast as possible because they never knew when Sony was going to take it back. That's 100% true. You never knew what they were going to do, what they were going to pull. And and hopefully they have a sta- more stable thing going now. I'm sure this movie is going to be great, by the way. I'm sure it'll be great. It, just because it's not exactly what I wanted doesn't mean it's bad. Right. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'll love it. I, and, I, think I mean, I what love I would, Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I think what I would hold out some hope for is because they had to grow this Spider-Man up so fast, that maybe at some point we do get Miles Morales in the MCU and are able to do that that small, personal, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man story. Right. I 100% agree. You know what I would love? They're doing on these MCU shows. Let's get a Miles Morales MCU show. I think that'd be great. It'd be hard to work out with Sony because Disney Plus and Sony would be like, well, we, we uh, and you know, all that. I was about to say that they would want half the revenue but actually, Disney were the greedy ones in that situation. But um, uh, anyway, um, I'd love like a Miles Morales type show, sort of like what they're going to do with Miss Marvel. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've been we've been going on about the news forever, and I could keep going forever. So I'm going to have to I'm going to have to hold myself back from that and, and ask you guys. You guys have any more thoughts on? Any of the news we talked about tonight, or more specifically, the this, this Spider-Man title? No, I think I think I've said what I've got to say about it. Yeah, I think I think we've pretty much exhausted what we have time to say on the topic tonight. True. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, I could just go for hours, but because I love, but cause it's because I love the character. I love the character so much, and this movie's going to be insane. Um, it might be one of the most insane. Spider-Man movie. It's probably going to be the most insane Spider-Man movie ever made, which Far From Home was kind of insane. So this is mm-hmm. really exciting. I mean, I'm excited to see what it'll do. I'll probably hate it, um, but uh, <laughs> love it at the same time. Just like, just like I was just saying with Star Wars. That's the this is this is just that franchise that's going to get me like that, where I'm probably going to hate everything, but also love it at the same time because I'm just that much of a fan. I'm just so passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Science Fictionary Podcast. Andrew, please tell us where we can find you and tell us some more information about uh, the Red 5 Network and um, the Science Fictionary Podcast in general. Okay. Uh, you can find me running the Twitter account for this show at Sci underscore Fictionary. You can always drop us a line at the Science Fictionary at gmail.com or check us out at the Science Fictionary.com. Uh, the website we've put a few more articles up there but you can access both of our podcasts there and um, check us out on our other podcast we have a weekly star wars podcast where we just talk about star wars and it seems like seems like a lot of our our podcasting friends uh scarif and from a certain point of view all these star wars podcasts in the network are kind of moving over to being a little more like this show uh, moving over to more of a general nerddom podcast. And uh, so we'll definitely have to look at working with some of them here coming up on some stuff. 
Um, but you can check out us as well as the rest of the Red Five podcast family over at redfivenetwork.com or at Red Five Network on Twitter. You can go over there. There are, I believe, 23 shows that are part of the Red Five Network. And if you can't find a show there that's that you love, then I, I don't even I don't even know what to say. I and mean, there's literally a show there for everyone. <laughs> yes. Whether you're the very family friendly type or um, not so much. Whether you're into and, I mean everything gaming or gaming, Star Wars, Marvel, Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. uh, collecting. There there's something for everyone over there. Yep. It's true. Awesome. And Marisha, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on uh, Instagram occasionally. I am princesses underscore and underscore Padawans on Instagram, and I am P Padawans on Twitter. Okay. And you guys can find me on Twitter at David underscore JG Peoples and listen to me rant about all things Spider Man and whatever is bothering me that day. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, uh, leave us a review, anything you can do on whatever uh, platform you're listening to us on. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, with great power comes great responsibility.